Hear me? All right. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Christmas is only nine days away. Is everyone ready? Is everyone finished their shopping? <laughs> Christmas is a celebration of Jesus' birth. This morning we'll be looking at the conception of Jesus, which is found in the book of Luke. So if you pull out your outlines, we're going to just jump right in this morning. <laughs> the first point in your outline is, the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. In Luke chapter 1, God sent the angel Gabriel to a woman who lived in Galilee in Israel. Her name was Mary, and she was a virgin. She had a fiancé named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused and disturbed, wondering what the angel meant. In verse 30, the angel goes on to say, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, how can I have a baby when I'm a virgin? The angel went on to explain that the Holy Spirit will create the baby in her so that Jesus would be holy and would be called the Son of God. He added, your relative Elizabeth is pregnant in her old age and is now in her sixth month. The word of God will never fail. Old barren women and young virgin women do not give birth to babies. Yet the angel told Mary these things would happen to her and Elizabeth, her older relative. Mary's response was cool. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left. A few days later, Mary hurried to visit Elizabeth. The angel told her Elizabeth was pregnant in her old age, right? At the sound of Mary's greeting, the baby in Elizabeth leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Even without Mary telling her what the angel told her, Elizabeth exclaimed, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded with praise to God. We can find this passage in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55. This passage is known as Mary's song of praise. Elizabeth had just confirmed to Mary what the angel Gabriel had told her. And Mary's response was a song of praise to God. She believed what God promised her, even if in the natural it was impossible. How my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Here we are, 2018 or years or so later, and we see that all that God promised Mary through the angel Gabriel indeed came to pass. Mary was a virgin, yet she did get pregnant. Joseph, her fiancé, found out she was pregnant and was going to quietly break the engagement. But an angel appeared to him in a dream, telling him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, as that baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel told him that Mary would have a son and that he was supposed to name him Jesus. The angel told him that Jesus would save his people from their sins. What the angel told Joseph in the dream confirmed what the angel Gabriel told Mary. You can find this part of the story where the angel speaks to Joseph in the dream in Matthew chapter 1. Today, worldwide, Jesus is known as the Son of God, who emptied himself and came as a human to die for the sins of the world on the cross. He was raised from the dead on the third day and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. Whoever believes in him will be forgiven of their sins and have peace with God and will be given eternal life. The cool thing about Mary's story is that nearly 740 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is found in Isaiah 7, verse 14. Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. It's true what the angel told Mary, that the word of God will never fail. The second point in your outline, God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our praise. The creator of heaven and earth saw the mess that we were in, bound in sin and darkness. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die in our place so that we can be made right with God. Jesus came to save the world, not judge it. All who believe in him will receive God's gift of life. In multiple places in the Bible, God tells us that Jesus is coming again and that we should be ready and watching for him. How many of you knew that Jesus was coming again? In Matthew 24, Jesus was talking to his disciples oops, about the end times, about the end days, and he said, and then at last, the sign of the Son of Man is coming, will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Jesus is coming again, but not as a baby like he did in Mary's story. When he comes again, he's coming in the clouds in great power and glory as the Lord of hosts. If you're interested in reading more about it, you can use BibleGateway.com. They also have an app for your phone and iPad. I use it all the time. This site is really cool. You can even read or listen to the Bible, the whole Bible, in different versions. 
in different translations. Um, the favorite feature of this app for me is the search feature. So if you're interested in what the Bible says about Jesus coming again, type the word clouds in the search feature. And uh, a lot of the scriptures throughout the Bible will, show, will, will come up. You can read about it. Further down in Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus continued to talk about his return. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Only God the Father knows when Jesus will come back again. Not even the angels or the Son himself. So Jesus tells us to be alert and to be ready. Mark 13, 33 says, And since you don't know when the time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instruction about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. How will Jesus find us when he comes? Will he find us living for him or living for ourselves and the world? Will he find us sleeping? I don't think that Jesus meant literally sleeping because physically we can't go to without sleep until he comes. I think he meant for us not to be spiritually sleeping. We can live our daily lives, follow our routines, be physically awake, but not awake in the spirit. Are you spiritually awake? God is giving us time now to turn from our old ways, our own ways, to turn from the love of the world. He's giving us time to wake up, to pick up our cross and follow him so that we'll be ready for him when he comes. He's giving us time how to figure out how to do that. The scripture tells us in Matthew 7 that if we ask, It'll be given to us. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be opened. We will find out how to walk with the Lord successfully and be ready for him when he comes, when we seek and keep seeking, when we knock and keep knocking, when we ask and keep asking. God is the answer. God is our treasure. He is an awesome, loving God. There is no one above him. He speaks and things happen. His word never fails. He is God, and he is worthy of our praise. The third point in your outline, let your soul exalt the Lord. Let your spirit rejoice in him. Let your soul exalt the Lord. Let your spirit rejoice in him. This is how Mary praised God. She said, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. This is in the New American Standard Version. Praise that comes from deep within you is praise that reaches the heart of God. In James 4, verse 7, it says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. The key to being ready for Jesus when he comes again, 
is to humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. One way that I draw near to God is by singing praises to him. There's a period of time when God would repeat over and over to me, come to me with praises, come to me with singing. You can even ask those in the prayer team how many times I got that word over the decade that we've been dating. Come to me with singing, come to me with praises. I finally realized that I think God meant it literally. So I started doing it. I would worship and sing along with worship songs that I found on YouTube. Whenever, whether it be a personal devotion and I'm meeting the Lord with my quiet time, I would come to him with worship. I would come to him, come to him with singing, come to him with praises. Even when I was, I'm leading a group like the prayer team, we would come before the Lord with singing. We would come before the Lord with praises using YouTube. Throughout scripture, especially in the Psalms, we are exhorted to sing our praises to God. For example, Psalms chapter 5, verse 11 to 12 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. Psalm 33 also we can find. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. This is why every Sunday when we start our worship services, we sing praises to God. It's not a prelude to wait for late people to stream in. It's a significant part of service, for the Bible tells us to sing our praises to God. He wants us to come to him with singing and to come to him with praises. It's not easy for most people to sing out loud in front of others. Many will feel shamed or self-conscious, or we may feel embarrassed by the off-tone singing of our neighbor or ourselves. Others sing well and will sing because they enjoy it. We may focus on the worship team, listening to the, and enjoying their musical skills. But if we want to successfully draw near to God, we must humble ourselves, resist the devil by brushing off all such distractions, and let God be the focus of our singing. Keep him the focus of our praises. The Lord will meet us if we fix our eyes on him in song and praises. True praise focuses on expressing our hearts to God for him to hear. When I started coming to God in worship with my YouTube music, I would close my eyes and I would picture heaven's throne room because I'm directing my songs to him. Sometimes I would see like two thrones in heaven and I'd be worshiping and singing to the Lord and then I would see both, both of them stand up from the thrones and look over and listen and watch. And I thought to myself, ah, I'm doing it right. I'm singing my praises to God. And he's, he's standing up and listening and watching. 
He's receiving my praises, my songs of praise. It didn't happen all the time, but whenever it did, I thought, okay, I got it. Several times, over the, this is over years, you know, several times I would hear the Lord say, after, you know, I'm with the prayer team and we finished worshiping, I would hear the Lord say, praise becomes you. Praise becomes you. And I mulled over the, that phrase. I thought, it sounds like it's a good thing. Praise becomes you. I was really surprised later on to find out it's actually in Scripture. In Psalm 147.1, in the New American Standard Version, it says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is becoming. In Psalm 33.1, in the New American Standard Bible Version, Sing for joy to the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Isn't that a cool thing? I heard a phrase I never heard before, praise is becoming, and here I find it in Scripture. Praise is becoming. When we praise him, we are becoming to him. I just want to bring up the point that listening to worship songs is different from singing praises to God. There's nothing wrong with listening to worship songs. I listen to them at work a lot. But if we want God, but God wants, us, God wants to hear our praises, so we need to make some noise. When you want to draw near to God and have him draw near to you, sing to the Lord and worship him. Singing to him is actively drawing near to him, for praise is becoming to you. Let your soul exalt the Lord. Let your spirit rejoice in him. Praise that comes from deep within you is praise that reaches the heart of God. The fourth point in your outline. Oops. The fourth point. Take out your pencils. Praise is a mighty weapon of warfare. Praise is a mighty weapon of warfare. Psalm 22.3 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. That's in the King James Version. Truly many times when we gather to worship and sing praises, God will meet us and will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. If God is for us, who can be against us? Praise is a mighty weapon of spiritual warfare. One thing I've seen several times in my years of worshiping the Lord on my own, and, but even also with the prayer team, um, sometimes when we're worshiping, um, I'll see in the atmosphere what I will call steel rain. Um, you know, in the comic books, when they want to show it's raining, you see the little lines coming down from the sky on the comic pages. So when we're worshiping, sometimes I'll see that coming down, like see that in the spirit, so not literally, but I'll just like see, see lines like this coming down. And at first I thought, hmm, I wonder what that is. Um, but after time, I started realizing that if I was a little, felt a little spiritual oppression when I went into the meeting, after worship, it would be gone. It's just like real rain cleans the atmosphere. This steel rain cleans the spiritual atmosphere. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. God sends this steel rain when we worship. Praise is a mighty weapon of warfare. As I was preparing for this message, I was looking through my journal, and last year in November 2017, uh, I found something that applied to this message. So I was having my quiet time, and the Lord 
started downloading some stuff, so I started writing it down. I'll just share with you um, this part that applies. I wrote down, um, listen carefully. Come to me with singing. Come to me with praise. I have given you in your hand a mighty weapon of warfare, praise. This is not only something God has given me. It's for all of us. Come to me with singing. Come to me with praise. I have given you in your hand a mighty weapon of warfare, praise. God confirmed what I sensed earlier about the steel rain. Raising God is a mighty weapon of warfare. Um, I'd like to tell a story that I found in the Bible in Acts. But before I tell the story, let's just pray and ask the Lord to come and speak to us. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for you are the living, true God, that your hand, handprints and you made remarkable, uh, amazing, historical, uh, like Jesus being born, like Isaiah saying that he would be born of a virgin. Um, throughout history, we see your word never fails. And Lord, I just invite you to come now to open the eyes and ears of our heart that we'll just receive um, the, with faith the message that you want us, that we can walk successfully with you, Lord, and so we'll be ready for you when we come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Okay, so it's in Acts 16. Acts 16 talks about Paul and Silas. You guys know who Paul and Silas is? Um, they were on a missionary journey, and they, were the Lord, they felt the Lord lead them to Philippi. And in Philippi, they met this slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and his group, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated, he turned and said to the demon, said to the demon in her, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace. The whole city's in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Paul and Silas were in the city to share about Jesus. They cast out a demon from a slave girl and all of a sudden found themselves in huge trouble. They were severely beaten and thrown into prison. Instead of complaining to God and feeling sorry for themselves, this is what they did. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Wow! In spite of being unfairly treated, in pain since they were severely beaten, they must have had broken bones maybe. In spite of that, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Hymns is a song of worship. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. 
All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then they brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. God's hand moved as a result of Paul and Silas's praise. He shook the earth, flew open the prison doors, and broke the chains off every prisoner. Paul and Silas didn't run away. They, they didn't run away to save their lives. They even saved the jailer from harming himself. Then they led the jailer's whole household to faith in Jesus. Paul and Silas's response to God's deliverance wasn't to save themselves. Their goal was to share with others the eternal life that Jesus gives. Our God is an awesome God, and praising him is a mighty weapon of warfare. Many years before we started Kakako Christian Fellowship, the Lord showed me that Hawaii would be a lighthouse to the nations. One day during a prayer gathering, I saw a picture. It kind of looked a little like a cartoon picture, little. People were coming from around the world in little canoes to Hawaii, and on Hawaii was a huge bonfire. And the people would come to Hawaii, get their sticks, light the fire, then get back into the canoes and go back home to take the fire of God back to their nations. Other people had similar visions. Over the years, I would hear other people have similar visions for God's call for Hawaii. And then I came across Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verse 6 through 10 says, I am the Lord, and I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from prison. I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell in them. Do you see God's call for Hawaii? If you get the globe, when I was young, we used to have the globe of the world, and you find Israel, and you put your finger on Israel. On the opposite end, you put your finger, it's the Pacific Ocean with Hawaii. And God says, sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all that dwell in them. He's calling us in Hawaii to sing his praises.
It's nine days before Christmas, the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Let's give Jesus the gift of praise. Let's open our hearts, draw near to God, and minister to him with our songs of praise, because he is worthy. Let's rise together.